You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. If you like Dreamtown, the story of Adelanto, and want access to early ad-free episodes, Join Friends of the Pod, Crooked's new subscription community at crooked.com slash friends. Oh, hi there again. Glad you're back. A lot happened in Natalanta last chapter, didn't it? Mm-hmm. City Council went from a snooze fest to one of them reality TV shows. Bug partnered up with a former pastor and a new mayor, got the votes for his weed bill. And then, of course, everyone started getting dollar signs in their eyes. Adelanto's property values started shooting up, especially in the new spot called the Green Zone. Mm. Not to me. Looks like some of those city council members might have taken advantage of the situation. Anyhow, I think that's where things stand. For a short while, Bug's ambitious plan to save Adelanto from bankruptcy by legalizing cannabis cultivation seemed to be working. Word about his questionable jet room deal hadn't gotten out yet. And in the meantime, Bug was more than happy to take credit for all the optimism and new money pouring into town. He'd even become a bit of a celebrity. I'm going to be on primetime television in Paris, France. And also, uh, they think the Austrian market might pick it up. So I've already been across all of Europe. I've been in Australia. I've been all, I don't get to go anywhere, but my likeness does. So it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And Bug wasn't the only one enjoying the good vibes. February 16th of 2016 was a big day for Adelanto. The temperature at sunrise was a crisp 40 degrees. But by the afternoon, it was a balmy 75. A perfect day for a grand opening. Adelanto was getting a new restaurant. Fat Boys Grill. Boys was spelled with a Z. It was in a strip mall just off Highway 395. And the occasion called for a ribbon-cutting ceremony. Reporter Shay Johnson covered this historic event. What I recall about that day... First of all, one of the things that stands out is just how Jermaine was dressed. The owner of this new restaurant was city council member Jermaine Wright. He's got this like really bright orange shirt on. He's got these black, what I would assume were leather gloves, and then a, a black backwards baseball cap. And Jermaine's a big guy. So that sort of stands out in my mind. It's this big man, this, this big presence wearing this bright orange shirt. I have owned several businesses over the years. Some have been very successful, some have failed. Jermaine invited a slew of important people to celebrate his newest business venture. Mayor Rich Kerr was there, who was obviously a close ally at that time to Jermaine, and, and then three aides to local governments. I'm almost certain there were individuals from the cannabis industry there 
And at that time, that wouldn't have been unusual because they had their hands involved in almost everything, right? It almost seemed like as if they were kind of co-leading the city, if you will. Jermaine stood proudly in his leather gloves and bright orange shirt and proclaimed that this was just the first of many grand openings that were coming to Adelanto, a city on the rise. You know, ultimately for him, this was, I think he saw it as putting his his money where his mouth was, right? If business isn't coming into the city, I'm going to get things kick-started by opening up my restaurant. Jermaine told the crowd the motto of Fat Boy's Grill, which was, the best food this side of heaven. And according to Jermaine, it wasn't just his dream coming true. This was for the whole city. If you're a business here in Atalanto, we will support you. I'm a business owner here in Atalanto. People support me. Residents come to my restaurant and eat all the time. Obviously, it was a happy day in Atalanto, and it was uh, positioned as just kind of a sign of things to come. But the reality would turn out to be much different. Soon, the news would break about Bug's questionable jet room deal. And by the end of the following year, Germain would become a complete no-show at city council meetings and find himself at the center of a media firestorm for reasons that have everything to do with this new restaurant and the cannabis industry. From Crooked Media, this is Dreamtown, the story of Adelanto. Chapter 3, The Dead Rat. Workshop of the Adelanto City Council, November 29th, year of our Lord, 2016. Uh, make sure all your cell phones are turned on the vibrator, turn them off, and take rope off, please. Adelanto City Council meeting. November 2016. Mayor Kerr was presiding. As usual, he kicked it off with a roll call, then handed things over to Jermaine Wright. Yeah, I know it's not written on here, but uh, do we have a preacher in the house? Jermaine, can you say prayer and then we'll say that? Uh, <laughs> He's preacher pro Tim. Preacher pro Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Let us bow our heads. Father, we're so thankful for allowing us to see another day. I pray that you bless uh, this council as we work through this workshop, uh, that we get information, that we move our city forward. Continue to bless our city. Continue to bless our staff. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We may stand here for the flag. This meeting happened a little over a year after the jet room was purchased. It was also after Shade Johnson had published his article about how the owners of the jet room had been planning to turn it into a dispensary long before the city had legalized cannabis sales. Which begged the question, had Adelanto City Council members taken bribes in exchange for their vote to allow the jet room to become a dispensary? Despite all this controversy, the owners of the jet room moved forward with their remodel plans. Okay, so you, you own the property right over there? Where, yeah, sir? I own the property uh, for 10 years right there. One of the topics on that night's agenda was a discussion on zoning. Specifically, zoning for marijuana businesses. As you may remember, during the battle to bring weed to Adelanto, Mayor Kerr and Bug had said they would not allow any marijuana to be sold in the city, just 
grown. But that promise was made long before today's meeting. And a lot had changed since then. Perhaps the biggest change was Proposition 64, which had just passed. Prop 64 legalized recreational marijuana in California. The tide of public opinion on weed was shifting. The tide was also turning in Adelanto. After recreational weed became legal in the state, the city passed a law allowing dispensaries. Discussion of um, medical marijuana. And once the city decided to allow dispensaries, the council had to decide which properties in town should be zoned for marijuana sales. But first, city attorney Curtis Wright said there was another issue that needed to be addressed. The man in the clown suit. Uh, there's been a request um, by the, by a council member to address a couple of issues. One uh, would be a dress code um, to prevent um, you know anybody coming in any sort of garb that would be distracting or undermining. The issue was that a man by the name of E.T. Snell kept showing up to city council meetings in full clown garb to give the council a piece of his mind. First and foremost, I have watched the marijuana industry take many twists and turns. I watched Johnny spend thousands of dollars, uh, not to mention the time he put in to save his town. All the lies, disrespect, deception you have shown him didn't go unseen. Mr. Snell was not happy with the way the city council was treating local marijuana proponent and dispensary owner Johnny Salazar. And Snell's comments, along with his clown act, did not go over well with the council, especially Charlie Glasper. I will not sit up here and have an idiot come in here dressed in a clown suit trying to give us some foresight on where we should be going as elected officials. Though Glasper did seem to be okay with cowboy outfits. If a man comes in here dressed in a cowboy outfit, I can buy that. But not a clown. Mayor Kerr was also anti-clown. One idea was to pass a dress code requiring all attendees to wear professional attire. But city attorney Curtis Wright had concerns. The difficulty is that if somebody is a clown by a profession and they want to come wearing their professional attire, right? The question is, do we have have to acknowledge them? Much like a man in a clown suit at a city council meeting, I worry that we are getting distracted from the bigger issue here. All right, I need to move on to uh, marijuana. That's what we need to do. We need to move on to cannabis. Okay, discussion. uh, Cannabis dispensary uh, zones or store zones. This discussion was a big deal because one thing that had become apparent in the early months of the Green Rush was that when you change the zoning on a property, to allow cannabis operations, the value of that property skyrocketed. There were millions of dollars at stake in these zoning changes. And even though the purpose of this meeting was to allow the public to weigh in on the issue, the council already had a rough plan in place. Here's Mayor Kerr. We have a vision, so bear with us. This new plan involved expanding the green zone beyond the industrial part of town where weed was currently being grown. We're going to do it the right way. So we're going to take it slow and meticulous and make sure it's right. The meeting ended without a decision being made, but the public had their chance to weigh in on the issue 
and soon the council would take a formal vote. And when they did, Bug recused himself because he had brokered the real estate deal on the jet room. But three of the five council members, Germain, Kerr, and Glasper, voted to approve a new dispensary zone, which included a vacant building located at 17499 Adelanto Road. Though most people knew that property as the jet room. So all these things sort of just add up into, like, none of this makes sense, and it looks really bad. you got a council member who brokers a real estate deal for a building that's purportedly to be a law office and then gets rezoned for marijuana. It's hard to understand how someone would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a property without having a plan for what to do with it. It seems like an odd move to buy a building and think, well, this will either be a law office or a marijuana dispensary, especially when it's illegal to have a weed dispensary in that city. But that was the story that the owners of the jet room told when asked about their curious real estate deal. They denied that they had done anything inappropriate. Bug also denied any wrongdoing and claimed he had no idea of the plans to make the jet room a dispensary when he brokered the real estate deal. Now, I met Bug and did most of my interviews with him before I knew about the jet room deal. And my impression of him back then was that he was well-intentioned, but in over his head a bit when it came to the cannabis industry. I also felt that he believed what he said when he told me things like Adelanto would become the most prosperous city in California. The early days of the Green Rush were heady times, and lots of people, not just Bug, were imagining all the ways they would spend the mountains of cash that the good Lord would bestow upon the city of Adelanto because of its wise decision to legalize weed. Of course, that was before everything started to unravel. That's after the break. In the first three years of Mayor Kerr's term, Adelanto went through five city managers. The fifth was a man named Gabriel Elliott. So in a nutshell, what a city manager is, the best perhaps parallel will be, you know, what a governor of a state does. So this is a smaller version in relation to a city. In fact, the city manager is arguably the most powerful person in the city. The council members and mayor are only expected to put in a few hours a week. Mainly, they show up to the meetings to vote on issues and oversee the city's business. But it is the city manager and their staff's job to enact those laws and policies. And there was a sense that this time around, when the city hired Gabriel Elliott, they had finally found the right man for the job. You know, every chance I get to sing this man's praises, I do it. Can I get a hand for Gabriel, everyone? I was elected unanimously. I had a 5-0 appointment at the time that I took the job. And I know you're going to do a great job for this city because you will tell us when we're wrong and you will straighten us up and keep this city going. And so thank you for being here and being a part of our city. Yeah, I was that bright light they had been looking for. And, you know, because I took my job seriously, I was very diligent in what I did. When he was hired, Mayor Kerr described Gabriel as, quote, 
one of the best people persons I have ever met, but he's still strong enough to use the word no. That turned out to be a very prescient quote, given the dramatic turn of events that followed Gabriel's hiring. According to Gabriel Elliott, the trouble started soon after he was hired, when Mayor Kerr asked him to file the necessary paperwork to sell one of Adelanto's public works buildings, a place called the Emergency Operations Center. So an emergency operations center uh, is a place where you, know, you would actually go in an emergency. Let's say we had a flood or, or some kind of um, severe earthquake and everything else shut down. According to Gabriel, the mayor told him that the city wanted to sell this building to a cannabis grower named C.B. Nanda, who had close ties to former Republican Congressman Dana Rohrabacher and that the city wanted to sell the building for far below market value. And if we sold this building to them for a million bucks, when other similar buildings uh, around that same area, you know, were going for four or five times more, you know, I, I can't do that. Gabriel refused to go along with the mayor's requests. He also noticed a lot of other suspicious things happening at City Hall, like cannabis entrepreneurs who claimed the mayor told them their permit applications should be fast-tracked without the typical oversight. He also claimed that Kerr and a city employee named Jesse Flores were taking bribes. So Gabriel contacted the district attorney and told him what he knew. Not long after reporting what he had seen to the DA, he got a call, not from any local attorneys or city oversight agency, but from the FBI. I told them that there was no doubt in my mind that they, you know, there was plenty of corruption going on. Adelanto is a small town, and it didn't take long for the mayor to find out that his own city manager was talking to the FBI. According to Gabriel, Kerr's reaction was less than subtle. He says the mayor would draw his military-issued sword from his days in the Marines and brandish it towards him simulating a jousting motion while yelling, I will stick somebody. Very soon after that, that I started getting my employment review, uh, you know, coming before the council every other week or more frequently, you know, looking for all kinds of ways to get rid of me. Two months after Gabriel spoke to the FBI, he was placed on administrative leave. The reason for his leave of absence was that two city employees had accused him of sexual harassment. Gabriel claims that the accusations were untrue and he denies any wrongdoing. Published reports say that a private investigator named Michael Hines looked into the accusations and concluded that many of the claims against Gabriel were not credible, but that he had acted inappropriately on a number of occasions including one instance where he asked a subordinate out to lunch and another instance where he, quote, briefly touched a colleague's clothed knee at a restaurant. Gabriel says this investigation was a sham. He was never charged with any crimes related to the sexual harassment allegations. And while he was on leave, some very big news broke. 
To developing news, the FBI served several search warrants this morning in Adelanto. According to the Victor Valley Daily Press, agents raided City Hall and the mayor's home. The FBI won't say what agents were looking for. On the morning of May 8th of 2018, after talking to Gabriel Elliott for months and building up a case, the FBI raided Adelanto City Hall and the home of Mayor Kerr. He was led from his house barefoot and in handcuffs that day. The feds also raided a third location, the jet room. They confiscated boxes of documents from all three locations, but they wouldn't give any details about the investigation to reporters or the media. The raid was big news. It was covered by the LA Times and KTLA, and some people in Adelanto were shocked, but others saw it coming. And then, nothing. That very same day, the FBI just kind of left. By sundown, Mayor Kerr was a free man, hadn't even been charged with anything. The feds seemingly just took their boxes and walked away. The whole thing raised way more questions than answers. Neighbors are stunned. We were surprised. What happened? So the mayor and the city council carried on denying any wrongdoing. The city council meetings kept happening every other Wednesday night. Regular meeting of the Adelanto City Council, Adelanto Public Financing. It was business as usual in Adelanto. Now, this is an ongoing case, and I can't confirm whether Gabriel Elliott is the one who ratted out Kerr for taking bribes. But it seems natural to assume that Kerr believed that Gabriel had ratted him out. And even though Kerr had the FBI breathing down his neck and maybe should have been playing things safe, Kerr made it clear that he wanted Gabriel gone. But the mayor didn't have the power to fire him on his own. A majority of the council had to vote to oust him. And Bug was in favor of firing Gabriel. But Ed Camargo and Charlie Glasper were not. Germain would have been the one to cast the deciding vote but he was absent from the city council. Roll call, please. Yes, Your Honor. Councillor Camargo. Present. Councillor Blasper. Present. Councillor Woodard. Present. Mayor Pro Tem Wright will be noted as absent. Mayor Kerr. Present. Typically, Jermaine opened every council meeting with a prayer. But on this night, that duty fell to Pastor Thomas Strasbaugh. Lord, I do pray for our city, city of Adelanto, and Lord, just uh, with difficult news over the past 48 hours, just ask, Lord, that you would uh, help the leadership of our community, Lord, to jump this hurdle and continue moving forward. I do pray the difficult news just... mentioned in that prayer was, in fact, the reason why Jermaine Wright was absent. He had been arrested. Months before the raid, during the time the FBI was investigating Kerr, they had been working on an additional case. And this case was against Jermaine Wright. And on the day of this council meeting, the Department of Justice put out a press release detailing the charges against him. And it was a wild story involving undercover agents, arson, and a dead rat. Jermaine's arrest would later spiderweb out and ensnare other members of the city council who were, at this moment, bowing their heads in prayer. We do thank 
Lord, would you bless this council meeting now in Jesus' name? After the prayer, the public was invited to comment. We are going to hold you to three minutes. And the first person to speak was none other than the city council's least favorite clown, E.T. Snell. E.T. is kind of started. Just making sure, so I don't get into arguments later. No, it's time it started from the time I mentioned your name. No, you can't do that, sir. You know, I can't do what I can do and what I can do. My name is E.T. Snell, I'm the clown community activist. Mr. Snell, decked out in his clown suit, used his three minutes to say what a lot of people in town suspected that Jermaine would not be the last city council member to get arrested by the time this investigation was over. You know, I know it, and I'm kind of wondering when the feds do come in and polygraph all you guys, which one of you are not going to be able to withstand a uh, conspiracy charge. And by the way, the feds have like a 99% conviction rate. They just don't go out and just start arresting politicians. They have probably more than the goods. What I'm most appalled about is not the way you have given away... Who would have thought that the guy in the clown suit would be the one speaking truth to power. I often wonder if former Mayor Kerr thinks about this moment, given his unfortunate fall from grace, which we'll get to later. So what exactly was it that Jermaine had done? That story after the break. According to the Department of Justice, Shortly after Gabriel Elliott started spilling the beans about all the corruption he had witnessed, the FBI brought in an undercover agent to pose as a cannabis entrepreneur who wanted to open a business in Adelanto. And this undercover agent offered Jermaine $20,000 in exchange for his vote to expand the green zone to include a property where he wanted to set up business. He does it very brazenly, if you've heard the phrase, uh, saying the quiet part loud. He seems to only uh, say the quiet part loud. This is Halel Aaron, a reporter who covered Jermaine's sentencing. The FBI agent gives him these stacks of uh, $50 bills, uh, $10,000. And the agent says, that's for you or your nonprofit, whatever. And Wright says, my nonprofit, yes, sir, thank you very much. And just puts the cash in his shirt. This is the same kind of scheme that allegedly occurred with the jet room. That the owners of the jet room bribed city officials in exchange for their vote to zone the property for cannabis sales. And given the fact that Jermaine voted to make that zoning change happen, there was reason to believe that he may also have been offered a bribe. But perhaps the FBI didn't have any proof that Jermaine had accepted a bribe. And that's why they had an undercover agent secretly record Jermaine, accepting a bribe for a fake business. And those recordings gave them a pretty solid case against him. But then, Jermaine brought them a whole new silver platter of criminal charges to add on. He's talking to another uh, FBI informant and just kind of says, you know, I I would like to pay someone uh, to burn down my restaurant. So the informant tells Wright he knows an electrician who can help him torch the place. The informant introduces Wright to someone that they call an electrician, who's a different undercover FBI agent, and hatched this scheme to uh, get Fat Boy's Grill burned down and collect uh, $300,000 in insurance money. Again, very kind of brazen and very, um, you know, not particularly careful. 
So Germain gave this fake electrician a tour of his restaurant. They set a date for the fire, and Germain paid him the money for the job. And it was actually kind of a steal. Apparently, it only cost 1500 bucks uh, to burn down in someone's restaurant. At least, you know, if you're paying an FBI agent to do it. But before the scheduled torching, the FBI showed up to the restaurant with a search warrant, and they interviewed Germain, and he confessed. So up against a wall, he agreed to cooperate with the FBI. He would wear a wire and help them gather evidence against the other targets of the corruption investigation. But poor old Germain didn't seem to have learned anything from getting caught. Because the day after he confessed and agreed to cooperate, he calls up the informant who introduced him to the electrician. And not realizing that he's talking to an informant, he says, you're not going to believe this. But I think that electrician we hired was a snitch. So, yeah, he goes to the informant and says, you brought shit to my door. Uh, I'm already in enough hot water as it is. You brought shit to my door. Get shit off my door. And they ba- he basically says, you know, you need to go and murder uh, this person that informed on me, which he doesn't realize is he's talking about an undercover agent. The exact words Jermaine used were that they needed to make the electrician, quote, go away. Jermaine, the former pastor, is a man of action. He's not one to sit around and wallow in the mess he'd made for himself. No, he came up with a plan that he believed would make all his problems go away. In the days after agreeing to wear a wire, it seems that Jermaine started to have second thoughts about cooperating with the FBI. Perhaps he was scared to testify against the people he was secretly recording. Maybe they were dangerous. I mean, his life is clearly falling apart. His wife uh, leaves him, and he's being suspected of at least one, if not more, crimes. Presumably, his business is not doing great, which is why I tried to burn it down. So he comes up with a new plan. He asks one of these FBI informants, how much is it going to cost to get my ass beat? In other words, he's trying to pay someone to beat him up. And he says, beat to the point where I have memory loss. Now this brings us to the dead rat. Jermaine's plan was to stage a fake robbery at Fat Boy's Grill. And he suggested that his attacker should leave a dead rat next to his body. For reasons I don't totally understand. I don't know that we'll ever understand what was going through Jermaine's mind as he made this series of terrible decisions. But just to recap, someone told the feds that Jermaine was breaking the law. So they sent in an undercover agent to offer him a bribe. And not only did he accept the bribe, but he told the informant that they could make even more money by burning down his restaurant. Then, after getting caught, he agreed to wear a wire. But then he changed his mind and asked the informant to stage a fake robbery and hit him over the head so hard that he would get amnesia and wouldn't have to testify in court. Which I have to say, sounds like it was ripped from the pages of a Coen Brothers script. But sadly, it was not. It's from the story of Jermaine Wright's life. 
Now, I, I may be reading too much into this, but to me, it really seems like he actually wants to not remember any of this shit that he's done. Uh, that could just be my own interpretation, but at any rate, yeah, he, he wants to get beat up so he can tell the FBI, look, I don't remember any of the stuff I did. And also, he says uh, he thinks it'll also have the benefit of maybe his wife feeling sorry for him and uh, coming back to him. On the morning of November 3rd of 2018, a 911 call was made from Fat Boy's Grill. And when the authorities arrived on the scene, they found Jermaine Wright lying in the parking lot. Curious thing, though, he didn't seem to have a scratch on him. And next to him was not a dead rat, but an audio recorder, presumably the wire he had been wearing for the FBI. It had been smashed to pieces. And so when law enforcement finds him sort of beat up outside his restaurant, the recorder is broken. And what does he say? He says something like, they got me. Um, they tried to get the recorder from me. <laughs> and so it's just like real kind of Oscar-winning performance there. Four days after the attempted fake assault, Jermaine was arrested. And it did not take long for word to get out around town. Do you remember, like, when you first heard about all the stuff that went down with Jermaine and what you thought about it, like, the whole crazy dead rat, like, arson thing? Like, what your reaction to that was? He did it. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> yeah, I definitely believed the story. I didn't care what paper wrote it. This is Adelanto resident, Stevana Evans. I met Jermaine probably 10 years ago or so, and... Um, very egotistical, very much boastful, not humble at all. He was a jerk. I did not like him. And so when the story came out, I was like, yeah, that fool did it. Because that's just, that was his that was his attitude. Like, I'm bigger, I'm better than everybody, and nobody can catch me, and I'm going to do what I want to do. And so it made sense to me. Like, I was like, yeah, he did it, bro. Stevana and other Adelanto citizens were alarmed to see the feds descending on their small town. And now... With Jermaine behind bars, the Adelanto City Council had a vacant seat on their hands. And so now the council is faced with a decision on how to uh, fill that vacancy. This seat is no longer legally uh, belonging to Jermaine Wright. It is an empty seat under the law. So there would be an election. Come June 5th, the people would decide who would replace Jermaine Wright. And that person would help determine the future of City Hall. Because amidst all these scandals, Mayor Kerr and Bug still wanted to fire City Manager Gabriel Elliott, presumably because he had tipped off the FBI about illegal activity on the council. But they didn't have the votes. Unless someone on their side won Germain's seat. Someone like Joy Jeanette. Joy was a longtime Adelanto resident. She was 83 years old and a local mover and shaker who was appointed to the planning commission in 2015 by Bug. Well, um, I'm like most residents. It just let other people do things. But in uh, 2015, I was approached by Bugs uh, Woodard, who was our councilman. He was elected. And uh, he wanted me to be, he wanted to appoint me as his commissioner. Yeah, um, I didn't know her, but I did know that she had a connection with them and that, that she, you know, because, and I knew that if she was seated, Gabriel Elliott would be voted out. 
right? I knew, I, I felt that she was put there for a specific purpose. And, you know, it is what it is. It's kind of how I, how I looked at that. On the day of the vote, 17% of Adelanto's population voted in the special election to fill Jermaine's seat. And the winner was Joy Jeanette. And not long after she was elected, Joy Jeanette cast the deciding vote to fire Gabriel Elliott. She was the ace in the hole. And that's how she got on on the city council. It was all based on the promise of, if you do this, we're going to take care of you. It was a nightmare. Two days after the firing, city council member Charlie Glasper spoke to a local reporter and said, quote, it's going to be a big-ass lawsuit coming back at us. He was correct. Gabriel did file a lawsuit against the city for wrongful termination. And it's ongoing. And in the aftermath of Gabriel's firing, there was a lot of turmoil at City Hall. They did some really crazy things. And whether or not they were actually corrupt, the appearance of corruption is the problem. They were given too much power. Stevana watched the mayor and his allies brag about how they'd saved the city. But throughout Bug and Kerr's short time in charge, not much had changed except for a bunch of new weed companies opening up shop and a whole bunch of possible corruption. Meanwhile, where were all the new businesses, the hotels and the good-paying jobs that the council had claimed would arrive on the heels of weed legalization? The roads were still full of potholes, and the water coming out of the taps was still brown and smelled funny. Life in Adelanto had not changed much for anyone, and yet it seemed that some folks were getting rich from selling weed. So Stevana decided to take things into her own hands. Ooh, when I picked up the packet, I, I think it was a, still a lot of confusion. Like, oh, I just need 20 signatures, and, and I, I turn in these six papers, and that's it. <laughs> it's like, that's all you need, and $25. And, and I'm like, it seems like this should be more difficult for people, but okay. And uh, that's kind of how that went. In 2018, Stevana decided to run for city council. There were two seats up for grabs. Bugs, who was running for re-election, and Charlie Glaspers, who had decided not to run. You have to be the change you want to see. You can't just complain and hope that the people that put the system in place are going to change the system, because they're not. Did it feel like a big moment in your life? Um, yeah, I, I felt like... This was the path that I was going to take to change the system that had wronged my family and so many other families every year. And so definitely felt like a big moment. I didn't really understand what all it entailed, but I knew that it was what I was supposed to do. There was no grand speech from a chandelier ballroom or a splashy news conference with a bouquet of reporter microphones pointed at her. It was just Stevana inside a government building on the side of the highway in a small town in the Mojave Desert. She dotted her I's and crossed her T's, and a city employee asked her to raise her right hand and recite an oath, saying that she was making this decision of her own free will and sound mind. Stevana didn't have much money, but she would scrape together what she could, ask friends and family for donations, and launch the best campaign that very little money could buy. And come November, 
Everything else would be up to the citizens of Adelanto. They would decide who would lead them into the future. That's next time on Dreamtown, the story of Adelanto. If you loved this episode, you can hear the next one right now. For early ad-free access, join Friends of the Pod, Crooked's new subscription community at crooked.com slash friends. Adelanto is an original podcast from Crooked Media. It's hosted, written, and executive produced by me, David Weinberg. Nick White is our story editor. Angel Carreras is our associate producer. Sound design, mix, and mastering by Brendan Baker of Phenomophon. Our theme song is by Icarus himself. And our original score is by Eric Phillips. Fact-checking by Amy Tardiff. Additional production help from Inez Maza, Sydney Rapp, and Kobe Copeland. Thanks to Betsy Zyko for narrating portions of the show. From Crooked Media, our executive producers are Sarah Geismer, Katie Long, and Mary Knopf. With special thanks to Allison Falzetta, Lyra Smith, Andrew Leland, Richard Parks III, Shocker Molly, and Katya Epikina. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.